0: Did you notice these trends for the Sun Devils 2024 recruiting class? You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. And, of course, a shout-out to our everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you're getting those podcasts, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications to so get an update whenever we post new content. You can stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at Richie brads 36 in the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 moneyline bet. That's $150 bucks. if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Um, interesting conversations for today. First of all, we're gonna kick off this, this episode edition of the pod with a Kenny Dillingham press conference takeaways. He had a press conference earlier this morning kind of going through the the recruiting class. where We were able to ask him questions about it. He kind of gave his own little details at the beginning about what he thought about it. That's where we're going to start our conversation. After that, there were some trends from this recruiting class that I want to go over offensively and defensively. We'll take a look, but let's start with Kenny. Kenny opened up the press conference kind of saying that He felt that they did a really good job adding some depth and adding good competition, but also noted that he still plans to really attack the transfer portal. And that's definitely been a very big trend for this team. They have brought in 14 transfers so far. I don't think that they're going to be slowing down anytime soon, especially with certain positions needing some more depth. Uh, Notably, the linebacker spot is a position that Kenny Dillingham highlighted as a place that he wants to add some competition They're very young at the position with uh, Tate Romney, Crew Jackson, KV, and Thunderbird as their youngest kids. Caleb McCullough was still there. They brought in um, Joey, or not Joey Sua, who they bring in? Uh, Zyrus Fiasu from, um, what is it, San Diego State, and Jordan Crook from Arkansas. Those are definitely guys that are going to fit into the equation, but don't rule out them bringing in another guy. And I know that they're still looking for some offensive tackles. That is definitely one of the bigger positions that I think the team still has to fill when you're looking at upgrading and adding talent and adding depth. Definitely the offensive tackle spot. That's what Kenny had noted too. One of the things that he said was that he wants to add length to the offensive tackle spot, which you know would make a lot of sense because something that he noted was they added a lot of beef up front. They added a lot of big guys, and that's something we're going to talk about here in a little bit, is they were able to really establish more ferocity and more manpower from the interior of the line. Now, it's about building from the outside. You need those finesse kind of players. You need the guys that are going to be able to come in and be those pass protectors, be those cornerstones, those bookends, whatever you want to call them. ASU still needs those. And that was something that Kenny acknowledged. But other than that, you know, there there was a handful of interesting comments he made. One of the more interesting ones to me is he really, really pumped up uh, Canyon Floyd. Floyd is the incoming punter from Horizon High School out in Scottsdale. Local kid. Love to see it. Activate the Valley. Three-star overall. Five-star as a punter. Kid's good kid flips the field and that's what Kenny said too is you know he kicks for distance which that was the first thing he noted is you know he can punt it far which is definitely something uh Kenny noted that when you have a guy that's able to flip the field typically you're saving yourself three points right you're as long as your defense is able to step up you're providing them with longer fields that allow for opposing teams to be forced to punt it rather than kick those field goals. So like Kenny said, it's you're saving your team three points as long as everything goes accordingly. When you have a punter that can flip the field and Canyon Floyd is somebody that can flip the field. He's a lot of power. He's able to, you know, flip. I keep saying flip the field, but you get the point. He's very, very good. And he highlighted him as one of the more key additions to this recruiting class was getting Floyd in there and, getting somebody that can be a difference maker on special teams right now. The sun devils are kind of going through the motions on, on special teams, you know, Ian Hershey's there to be kind of that punter kicker kind of role for the team. And Floyd will be in there to provide the competition. Josh Carlson's gone. Uh, He wasn't great last year anyways, when he was here. So it was a, it was a big deal to be able to get Floyd in there. Kenny Dillingham acknowledged that. Uh, he also kind of acknowledged that he felt they did a good job with, with the, what's it called, the beef up front. Mentioned that uh, somebody had asked him how he felt about kind of getting the Polynesian kids more involved in this recruiting class. And it's, it's definitely a trend that he acknowledged with uh, Suka Solani and Terrell Kim coming in. Uh, Both of those guys are um, Polynesian descent. They're both pretty big kids. Uh, Kim himself is 6'3", 228, and uh, Saluni is 6'5", 272. Both of them are slated to be guards for the team. But Kenny was asked about that because if we're being honest, that's something that a lot of local fans have wanted to see because Arizona should be one of the stronger contending programs to be able to bring in those kind of players, because you, you are closer to that California area, the West coast in general, where you can recruit those kids out of Hawaii, all the Samoans and the Polynesians and everything like that. And ASU fans have been frustrated because so many of them are going further East and they're going further North, North, excuse me. They're going to Utah. They're going to BYU. And it's been very frustrating for fans. And I think that that's kind of rightfully so. There's, There's definitely a pulse that you should have on that. And while Kenny acknowledged it, I thought it was really interesting that he said something that, you know, he's been banging this drum since he got here. And he says, we're not recruiting based off of like fan wants or anything like that, based off of, you know, if they're Samoan or Polynesian or anything like that. We're recruiting good people. That's the way he put it verbatim. He said, we're recruiting good people. He wants people in this program that are going to do a ton of things for you. Obviously, you want talented kids that are going to be able to provide competition, provide talent, and be good football players. But you also want those guys that are going to be culture builders. That was one of the first things that we saw in last year's transfer class was you had big-name leaders that were able to come in and help establish things, you know? You brought in Shamari Simmons at safety. You brought in Trey Brown at linebacker. You brought in Deshaun Mallory on the defensive line. You brought in Cameron Scadaboo. You brought in Xavier Guillory. They wanted to be able to add guys that could be vocal, strong leaders for this team. And I would tell you that year one was pretty successful for that, is you did a good job establishing the culture. It doesn't always result in wins, which is what we saw, but... The biggest thing that we wanted to see in year one was establishing that culture. So now going into year two, you want to continue seeing those kind of trends. You want to see that you're still going after guys that can be tone setters in terms of overall presence, like not just on the football field, right? You want guys that are going to be good leaders. You want guys that are going to be good students. You want guys that are going to be good presence in the communities. You don't want to bring in guys that can be disruptive or destructive to your team. That was something that really stood out to me. And then one other thing that stood out that I want to make a like really emphasis point on Kenny Dillingham said that there were some recruits that, you know, they could be as high as five stars. They could be three stars, whatever. But there were recruits who considered Arizona state and then, would go elsewhere whether it was a full-time commit or not would decommit or leave the leave the program that they were looking at and they called Denny uh, Dilly excuse me and they said hey is Arizona State still an option and Kenny Dillingham told them no this is really interesting to me and I would love to know what you guys think about this kind of comment so on the surface, it's really easy to kind of be like, oh, that's not how you should be recruiting. But he went into detail about it and basically said, you know, we're not looking for the people that are going to be backing out of stuff. We're not looking for guys that are going to be wishy-washy because right now with the state of college football, you see guys that play a year and transfer. Like, it's it's just really, really quick. And he said, you know, you look at our first year recruiting class, you really didn't have that trend. Like Ashley Williams transferred, sure. But other than that, a lot of your freshmen are coming back for red shirt years. A lot of the kids before them are still back. Like they're trying to bring in the guys that they feel can be those building blocks moving forward. And you're not going to have guys that are half in, half out. At the moment, they're not getting what they want. They're going to transfer. That's just not a great way for a rebuilding program to try and rebuild itself. You need guys that are going to be here three years, that are going to be here four years, five years, whatever it is. That's what Kenny Dillingham wants in this building right now. That's what he wants in this program. He wants to know that he's going to have those reliable guys that are going to come into the program and guys that are going to be those difference makers for you. I really like that. I really respect that. Obviously, I feel like it can be a sort of slippery slope when you're looking at like, oh, well, this kid was just an example. Like this kid was a top 25 recruit and now we're not bringing him in. That could suck. But when you're looking at it with that perspective that Kenny is providing, you can understand it. So overall, kind of my takeaways from Kenny Dillingham's Uh, press conference was he went into this he found the guys he wanted he landed the guys he wanted they had um, 17 kids sign their letters of intent two kids have not signed between elijah basa and colin charles Uh, basa put out on twitter today that his recruitment is still open so i feel like it's kind of in doubt that he's going to end up coming and then colin charles to my knowledge uh, we'll be signing a little later on, looking at probably February or so. Doesn't sound like he's out of it for Arizona State. Just kind of pushing that back for the moment. But those were my biggest takeaways from the interview itself. You guys have the access to the interview. Uh, shout out to uh, Chris Cartman and the guys over at Sun Devil Source for 24-7. They've got it on YouTube. It's about a 35-minute video if you guys want to see the whole interview for it for yourself. but those were my biggest takeaways, and now we're going to be focusing on the biggest trends that I noticed from this class, starting with the offensive side of the football. This is the Locked On Sun Devil's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When you're hiring for your small business, you have to make sure that you have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's never been more important to have plenty of qualified candidates and LinkedIn jobs makes it the easiest way to find them. LinkedIn jobs isn't just another job board for you. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And of course, hiring's easy when you have so many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and they might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps write job descriptions and makes the process even easier and quicker for you. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks as always for tuning in guys and making us your first listen of the day. And of course, a shout out to my everydayers who are here every day. I also want to bring your guys' attention to the Locked On Sports Today YouTube channel where we have the first ever 24-7 streaming service. We're going to go through the top stories of the day. We're going to have our national shows, our local experts for every league, football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Maybe you can't sleep at night. Why not tune in? It's there. It's available. It's the best. Back into our conversation, we're going to take a look at some offensive trends first that I noticed from this year's recruiting class. And I think that this was the offensive side of the football to me was more telling than the defensive side of the football, right? They, they, I, I feel like there were trends that stuck out more on the offensive side of the football. And one of them I already mentioned, and we're going to go ahead and dive into that, is there's a lot of beef here. They added a whole lot of beef to that offensive line. Like, you brought in three interior lines. You brought in Champ Westbrooks. You brought in uh, the aforementioned Terrell Kim and Suka Solani. They are beefing it up. They are, or there were four kids, actually, excuse me. Um, uh Simisi Tonga. So yeah, totally missed him. So they brought in four interior linemen. Westbrooks, Tonga, uh, I'll have these memorized eventually. Uh, Solani and Kim. They are beefing it up. And three of them are the Polynesian kids. So, you know, fans will love that. But the bottom line is you are just stacking a lot of interior linemen to be able to a provide depth for yourself and b have really good competition. And that's going to be really good for the team to be able to have guys that are going toe to toe with each other, right? Because Aaron Frost is back and uh, Ben Coleman is returning from injury. Those are two guys that are going to be competing for starting roles. I feel like it's going to be a wide open competition. You also factor in, they brought some guys in, uh through the transfer portal. Um you brought in, was it just the one kid? Yeah, uh Shanko Matu Mata. I, 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 I'm really sorry. I'm not ready to be able to confidently pronounce it without messing it up. Uh Shanko, I believe is how you pronounce his first name. He's a transfer out of is that Nevada? New Mexico. So you're really doing a lot of bulking up along the offensive line. You're getting that beef. You're getting big kids up front that are going to be difference makers that are going to be maulers on the offensive line. And Tonga is coming in at 310 already. Kim is coming in at 328. So you've already got two interior linemen in your freshman class that are over 300 pounds, which is going to bode very well for them. As for Solani, he's coming in at 272. And then Westbrook's is coming in at 265. So they're going to be looking to bulk up a little bit. But, you know, that's what they have redshirt opportunities for. And quite frankly, I feel like the redshirt is going to be in play for a ton of these guys. Like, this is a team that I still imagine is going to be aggressive in the transfer portal. Yes, they've already got uh, 14 guys, but it feels like you're not done yet. And the offensive line definitely feels like you're going to be continuing to add those kind of players. That's where I kind of stand on it. I like what they're doing. I think that they're definitely going in the right direction with the way that they uh, build things up. They're doing a good job. They're adding beef. They're adding competition. And of course, speaking of competition, running back competition is really good with Relique Brown, who, by the way, Kenny said he views as a running back, but he did make the comparison to Kenneth Gainwell, who played at Memphis when Kenny Dillingham was there. It's a nice comparison because Gainwell has had a good career in Philly and he's very much that running back receiver hybrid. Very good comparison there. Um, so they got some depth at running back. That's going to be good competition. They got some good depth at quarterback. That's going to provide some good competition. Uh, that, the quarterback is more through the transfer portal with Sam Leavitt coming in. Um, but the other big... What, what was the word I was in the other big trend that you have here is that they're adding some superstar potential. You landed two very, very impressive kids in this class. You're two four-star kids. Running back Jason Brown out of O'Day High School in Seattle and tight end Jaden Fortier at a Tall... Ah, Tualatin? Tall probably Tallatin. Tallatin High School out in Oregon. Both four-star kids, both top five recruits in their respective states. Brown was fourth in Washington. 48 was number one in Oregon. Both of these kids are top 25 prospects at their positions. Jason is 15. Jaden is 23. Studs. And I look at them as potential faces of of the future for this team, potential faces of the program moving forward in the Kenny Dillingham era. Jason Brown is a ridiculously talented kid. And I would not be surprised if he rolled into the season as your number two running back. I think that there's that much potential with him. He's a stud. He's somebody that does a little bit of everything for you. He scores touchdowns. He's quick. He's powerful. He does everything. 48, look, it's well-documented how I feel about Jaden at this point, but he's a beast. And he's going to be coming into a scenario where he could also see some significant playing time. Right now, I also think he's number two on the depth chart. I would only put him behind Bryce Pierre. And quite frankly, I think that Pierre is a very good football player. And I think that he's going to be in store for a very good season this upcoming year. I look at these two kids. This feels like some really good superstar potential for them. They definitely stand out amongst the rest of the guys that are coming in. Uh would be interesting to see some of the other big names. Uh, Tony Lewis Nakuba out in the secondary, Plas Johnson at receiver. I do think Canyon Floyd could potentially be a superstar, even though he's a punter and people kind of look at me like I'm crazy when I say that. I like the direction that they're going, and I like that you've got these kids that are going to come in and be those potential superstars for you, be those potential big-time difference makers. When you have those kind of guys on your football program, you're going to see results from them. I'm really excited about what they present. Those were my big takeaways on the offensive side of the football. And we're going to take a look at the defensive side of the football next. This is the Locked On Sundays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As the weather gets colder, the NFL stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's easy to use with a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. As always, thanks for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. A shout out to my everydayers who are here every day and another Plug for you guys to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Subscribe to it. One night you can't sleep. Catch up on everything that's going on in the sports world. We're going to wrap up with some trends that I saw on the defensive side of the football next. The first big, well, really just kind of the all-encompassing. Now that I look at my my list here, I feel like it's all-encompassing here. I have that you're building depth, but you're also creating competition. And with this recruiting class, especially, it does feel like those are going to go more hand in hand than maybe it normally would. You're adding guys that I think are going to be pieces of the future. I just don't know how many of these guys are going to be day one players because we saw that last year was that there was a lot of guys who were coming in to eventually play roles for the team, not immediately. I think this is especially evident, not even think, I know this is especially evident in the secondary. You're bringing in three corners in the class. You're bringing in a safety, and this is just the recruiting class, by the way. I'm not talking about transfer. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We'll be sure to get into detail on that. Don't you worry. But the corner position, especially, you bring in Rodney Bamage, Chris Johnson Jr., and Tony Luz Nakuba. You also bring in Martel Hughes at safety. They're all three-star kids. Bemaj and Chris Johnson Jr. are higher three-star kids, both really close to being four stars. You're bringing in these guys to create that competition, especially at corner. Like This is a position that's going to be going through some change. I mentioned this, I think it was yesterday's podcast, where you're losing Jordan Clark, you're losing Roe Torrance, and you're losing... Uh, d ford those were three of your top guys and in fact when it came to starting lineups those were your three starters you're going to be having to replace them and you've got guys on the team ed woods is definitely the number one corner for you right now and woods is solid woods is a very quality capable player for you i have no issue with him being our top corner like this is a kid that for me is more than capable of handling responsibilities. I think he's got some decent ball skills. He's going to be reliable at worst. But beyond him, you need to be able to create that competition. Mason Williams, I think, is going to come in and probably be the number two. You've got some other guys that are going to be returning. Um, uh, Keith Abney will be one of the key players. You've got guys at safety that I wouldn't be surprised Get some time. Uh, Zavian Alford is coming back. I feel like that could potentially put Shamari Simmons as kind of a nickel player for you. But having that outside presence is going to be really important for the team. And bringing in those three corners through your recruiting class is going to be what kind of gets that generated and started. And, of course, you've got guys through the portal as well. Leterence Welsh and Javen Robinson are also going to be guys that push everyone. I don't know who ends up starting and who ends up being redshirted and whatnot. And again, I feel like that could be a lot of these kids. I think that's probably a trend we're going to see for this year and potentially next year as well. We saw it this past year. Most of these kids redshirted, wouldn't be surprised to see it happen again this year. But again, I think your biggest goal right now is to be able to have guys that provide depth, have guys that provide that competition. This is really evident in the secondary linebacker. This is definitely a spot that's going to be addressed through the transfer portal. You already have with two kids that are coming in. They did bring in Albert Smith through their recruiting class. Again, he feels like another kind of KV and Thunderbird guy where he's going to be either in a rotation or he's going to probably be looking at a redshirt. That's where I'm kind of at with him. They've got some other guys along the defensive line. They got James Giggy from Bradshaw Mountain up in Prescott, and they've got Ramar Williams, who's coming from uh, Eastmark out in Mesa. They and by the way, uh, Ramar was actually somebody that Kenny mentioned by name, which makes me interested to see what the plan is for him. There's just competition that's been made. Celesi uh, Manu was another edge rusher brought in from uh, Reno, Nevada, there's nothing but depth here, nothing but competition here. No, you don't have that five-star, right? You didn't land Elijah rushing. That sucks. But what you're looking at doing here is both of my trends that I noticed. You're creating competition and you are establishing depth. When you're doing that as a new building, rebuilding, by the way, rebuilding program, that's as important as anything else. These are culture guys. They're good guys, good people, as Kenny Dillingham put it. Guys that he wants in his locker room and in his program for the foreseeable future. He doesn't look at recruiting guys that he think could be one year and then flip. We saw that with this past year's recruiting class. He's probably looking at the same thing with this year's recruiting classes. He wants these kids to come into the program and to be All in, right? You don't want these kids to have one foot out the door, just be looking for the next opportunity. Kenny mentioned that the NIL opportunities are 10 times better than what they were a year ago. But nonetheless, it still needs a lot of work to be done. But that's going to be one of the key factors here for helping retain these kids. Bottom line, Kenny loves what he was able to do in this recruiting class. He mentioned that it's only going to get better, but... Now with two recruiting classes under his belt and taking a look at what we've noticed with his trends, it seems very evident to me that just establishing the depth on this team is very important. But this season, this recruiting season, I should say, really looking to get bigger, especially along the offensive line. They're not done adding offensive tackles. I 100% think you're going to see at least two guys get brought in, whether it's transfer portal or somebody that's still out there in the recruiting cycle. You're going to see more guys get brought in to create that competition. And I think that you've got some young budding starts here, depending on how they get developed with Jason Brown, with Jaden Fortier. I think Chris Johnson Jr. could be there. I think Tony Lewis and Cuba could be in there. Plas Johnson is someone they'll talk about. I love Canyon Floyd even though he's a punter and a lot of people will kind of overlook that. This is a this is another building recruiting class. I don't see this as a recruiting class that completely turns around your program this year because you've got four four or five freshmen that are starting playing full-time. I don't see that happening, and if it does, great. But to me, this is another recruiting class that's going to be focused on building the culture, building the depth, building the locker room. There are definitely some trends that I noticed here. If you guys noticed any trends, if you agree with me or disagree with me, let me know in the comments. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. You can find me at richiebrads 36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. I appreciate you guys, as always, for tuning in. We will be back here tomorrow to talk more about this incoming recruiting class. I'll see you then. But until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked On Sun Devils.